Good morning. Uh, great to see everybody this morning. Gorgeous, beautiful day. Uh, we are uh, looking forward to a great time being together uh, here. So uh, uh, graduation happened last week, at least did in Bloomfield. I know it did because there was kids driving around with their cars all painted up and honking away and having a blast. And uh, Do you guys remember doing that? Remember getting your car? And If you didn't get to do that, if you did not do that, then plan it next year and do it because it actually is a lot of fun uh, to drive around and, and go at it. Um, and so the kids are going to be out of school. It's awesome. You get to have them with you all day, every day. Uh, that part's going to be terrific. Um, but then at the end of the summer, you're going to need a break. At the end of the summer, it's gonna, it's, you're going to be like, ah, it's time for them to go back to school. And so uh, guess what? We've got Splash planned at the very end of the summer. And uh, I just want to give you a few details so you can know what to look forward to. Uh, we go away as a whole church. We don't have church on that particular Sunday. We go away for the whole weekend. And so we found this place called Grove Hall, and uh, you can get rooms there, and then we uh, have the kitchen to ourselves, so we, we feed you meals. Um, you just get up, eat your meal, and go to the beach. That's your life. Get up, eat your meal, and go to the beach. If you were to do this anyplace else, it would probably cost you thousands of dollars. But due to us all working together, then you get to do it for just a, a fraction of that. And so I encourage you to join us. The, really, the biggest reason that we do Splash is for us to get to know each other. We meet each other here. We say, hey, how you doing? And great haircut. Um, and then off we go. But when you go to Splash, you have a time to just sit on the porch with people, sit on the beach with people run after their children who are going into the ocean, they're about ready to go, go get them and grab them. You get to know people in a special way. So I encourage you to uh, take that step and join us with, with Splash. So how are, you, how, is, uh, how are your shoulders doing? Yeah? Yeah, why don't you do that? Just really. For those of us who uh, did uh, Skyline Picnic yesterday, our shoulders might be hurting a little bit. Uh, the great uh, water slide was up to its awesome par. And uh, we were sliding uh, over 100 feet at the longest ones. Um, it was just a terrific time together. It was great to be together. But uh, I'm asking because I watch a number of us, and we live our lives as though we have the weight of the, sh of the world on our shoulders. We, we have our careers. We have our families. We have day-to-day -day decisions. Lots of times the weight of the world is actually caused by what somebody else did, and you have to interact with what they did. Someone else did something towards you or someone else has put you in a position where, wait, I didn't sign up for this. Why do I have this on my shoulders? Maybe your marriage is such that it's just, you're just really struggling. And, and you're like, what am I going to do? And what am I going to do? And you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. You have that pressure in your day-to-day -day life. And the Bible talks about joy and it talks about peace. And we're like, yeah, that's great. But my goodness. The weight of the world just takes that away. So today we're going to have, uh, I, I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to interact with this idea. And uh, the Bible says this, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. In other words, you can see God's power and his divine nature. You can see, whoa, somebody amazing is out there, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made known, so that the people are without excuse. 
So the first question I want to ask you this morning is, did you create the world? You've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Did you create the world? This, this thing you're trying to navigate, did you create all of this? Because you've taken on a huge amount of responsibility. Or maybe you didn't take on the responsibility you were supposed to, and now it's created some really big problems in your life. Did, are you responsible for the weight of the world? Another passage says, how many are your, are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond. So he's painting this picture, all of that God has made. And he says, living things both large and small. So the, we're going to start with the small this morning. And I want to I start with DNA. And I just want to, I want us to just sit in wonder of what God has created. And we're going to just talk about one little piece of the puzzle, and that is DNA. So let's start with this, this, this small little thing called DNA. Now, I want you to realize that what we're about to talk about is a real thing. It's a real concrete thing. It's not just something that goes up on a graph. Um, whenever there's uh, court cases, you'll see them, oh, they did a DNA test, and they show you the DNA, DNA test, and all of us go, looks like a bunch of little lines, right, with colors. Like, is it a real thing? Or is it just, is it something they made up? DNA is actually a real thing. This is important because later when I tell you what it does and how small it is, it's, it's just phenomenal. So it's a real thing. So let's give some ideas there. We have that uh, coffee bean and then uh, a piece of rice and a sesame seed, which if you had bagels this morning, you may have one caught in your tooth. Uh, it will help me concentrate. If you don't, try to get it out while I'm talking. And, but it's a real thing. And then it has this one little here that you can't even read. All the way down to that little tiny thing, that's a, that's a cell. Uh, a, little bit, a little bit about this is a little bit further. Next slide. This is not about the nano, but it just gives you some kind of perspective. So it starts with the person's hair, and then it says there are these white blood cells, right? So it's a cell. There's 20 across, but inside of that, web, that cell are these DNA, and this, call, this is called an aerogamy structure. This not, it's not just one DNA, but many of them. So it starts there, it goes 20 across, and then 50 across. It's small, really small, but it's real. Like, it's a real thing. It, it's, not, it's not just some made-up or some way of measuring something. It's real. And so as we uh, jump into that, I'm going to read through... Um, three different uh, articles as we, as we do it. And some of these articles say the same things over and over again, but I found it helpful that they said it over in different ways to be able to grab what we're, what we're talking about. Now, for those of you who did just graduate, and you're like, I thought I was done with school. What, what's he doing? What, what, what's going on? Give me 10 minutes here, right? Give me 10 minutes. Just lock in. Try to, like, you don't have to understand all of what I'm going to talk about. Just lock in and go, wait, is there something to this? Okay? So, in the same way, DNA is made up of four chemicals, abbreviated as letters A, T, G, and C. Much like the ones and zeros, those letters are arranged in, hu in the human cells like this. C, G, T, G, T, G, A, C, T, G, A, T, C, C, T, you get the idea. And so on. The order in which they are arranged instructs the cell's actions. So the first piece of this is, it's really just four of these chemicals. 
This entire thing we're going to talk about is made up of just four of these chemicals. It has to do with the way they're organized. What is amazing is that within the tiny space of in every cell in your body, this code is three billion letters long. So let's grab this. We, we looked at the pictures earlier. It's a real thing. This cell is very small. And inside of it, inside the cell, is a code that is three billion letters long. To grasp the amount of DNA information in one cell, a, li a live reading of that code at a rate of three letters per second would take 31 years, even if reading continued day and night. Wait, there's more. It has been determined that 99.9% .9 of your DNA is similar to everyone's genetic makeup. What is unique what, what is uniquely you comes in the fractional difference of how those three billion letters are sequenced to your cells. You and I, and you and I, and you and I, and you and I, and you and you, are 1% different. 1% different in terms of our DNA. So the next time you get in a fight with somebody, and they say, you are, and you're just, hey, listen, you're just like me. We're 1% different. Whatever you call me, whatever you say about me, yeah, you are too. You, you, you are too. All right, so uh, the U.S. government is able to identify everyone in our country by the arrangement of nine-digit social security number. Yet inside every cell in you is a three-billion-letter DNA structure that belongs only to you. This code identifies you and continually instructs your cell's behavior. Dr. Francis Collin, director of the Human Genome Project, said that one can think of DNA as an instructional script, a software program, sitting in the nucleus of the cell. To understand what genes are, you must first learn about the building blocks of life. Your DNA stands for di dioxyribonucleic, oh man, I practiced this and practiced this, dioxyribonucleic. That's how you say it. Acid. <laughs> DNA exists inside. Don't worry, guys. You have the same DNA I, I do. You could do it, too. Uh, DNA exists inside your body cells, and it's made up of four chemicals, uh, adenine, thymine, cytosine, and guanine. Scientists shorten, usually shorten these into A, T, C, and G. These chemicals uh, that make up DNA are strung, strung together in long, coiled strands within your cells. They're so thin and tiny that each cell of your body has about six feet of DNA thread. Now, I kept double-checking this and double-checking this and double-checking this to make sure I understood it because it seems impossible to me. In every cell, in every cell in your body is a real physical string of DNA that is as long as I am tall. S cells are so small you can't see them. How could there possibly, there is, there is. You, you check it out, I checked it out. All right, now that means your entire body, I'm just reading this one, I don't actually believe this. It doesn't seem possible. That means in your entire body has three billion miles of DNA in it. Three billion miles of DNA in it. 
Yeah, check it out. DNA wraps together to form structures called chromosomes. Most cells in your bodies have 23 pairs of chromosomes, or a total of 46. DNA's actual structure within the cell looks like a twisted ladder. This winding dual structure is known as the double helix, and it, and it allows DNA to pass along biological instructions with great precision. Each chromosome contains segments of DNA that corresponds to and determines specific traits and characteristics. These segments are what we call genes, and they're simply made up of DNA with different patterns of A, T, C, and G. Your specific DNA is unique to you. It's like a code or set of instructions for making the one and only you. Although much of your DNA is similar to other human beings, um, not, no other creature has your exact same DNA. Your specific DNA code provides your body with specific instructions for making proteins within your body's cells. These proteins are the building blocks for everything in your body. Bones, teeth, hair, muscles, blood, organs. Scientists, scientists believe uh, each gene in your body could make up 10 different proteins, which means your body could be made up of over 300,000 different kinds of proteins. Next article. How does a single cell become a whole body? One cell turns into a whole body. We all begin existence in the simplest thing you can imagine. If you're trying to picture life, a single cell, nothing in other, nothing in other words, but a tiny spherical bag of proteins. In fact, the average one-celled amoeba looks far perkier under a microscope than a fertilized human egg. Yet, that humble and nondescript appearance is highly deceptive. The egg, after all, boasts dazzling prospects of, future, of a future of truly dizzying, utterly baffling complexity. When an amoeba divides, all you, all you get is another amoeba. Um, I'm sorry, when an amoeba divides, all you get is another amoeba. But when a human egg splits into 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, and so on, it embarks on a, on a venture that will, over the next nine months, produce descendants, descendant cells with a huge variety of shapes, functions, bone cells, nerve cells, red and white blood cells, the cells of your eyes, your fingernails, your stomach, and your skin. Consider, for example, the body's crowning glory, your head. How did the bone cells in your skull know enough to marshal themselves into a dome with, with, while those in your jaw formed a trap-shaped mandible? And how did those in your left side arrange to be exactly the same on your right side, the mirror image? And how were holes left in just the right places for your eyes? Come to think of it, how did your head wind up at the top of your body, nodding sagely at the end of your neck and spine? And that's only the beginning. How did the bob-like egg give rise to, say, nerve cells in your fingertips with long filaments to cable signals back and forth down your spine? What informed them to, rely, to relay their signals to intermediary nerve cells there was by zapping them with chemicals? What told those cells fil filaments to twine themselves into a cord inside your spine? Levitate toward your skull and send messages into the folds of your brain so you could understand what I'm talking about right now. One cell that had six feet of DNA. And all 
of what you are, everything that your body has become was in that stream, that information, has the ability, as you grow over those nine months, to tell each cell, nope, this is what you're going to be, and this is what you will be, and this is what you will be, and this is what you will be. It is so amazingly complicated. Did you create it? You don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> you could study this and study this and study this. Did you create it? Are you the great creator of the world? This is amazing. I'd like you to meet Chris Osorio. Chris Osorio is uh, my buddy in Reengage. So he helps us re meet, uh, lead Reengage. It's really fun. He's called Big Chris. I'm Little Chris. It's not all that often we run across other people where they call them Big Chris and I'm Little Chris. But in this case, I'm Little Chris. And Chris Osorio started with one cell. And everything you see about Chris Osorio in this slide, the features, his eyes, even the, the, the awesome smile that he has, all of that information was put into one cell. And then it... I think it's miraculous. I understand there's a way that God designed it, so it happens over and over and over and over again, but oh my goodness. What? This is incredible. On top of that, God created this system, this way that after Chris grows up as he did, he could meet beautiful Sarah Osorio. And they could get to know each other, and they could find they know nothing about DNA. Nothing, but they get to know each other, and, 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 and they fall in love with each other. And through something that is absolutely a blast, I mean so fun if it's done well, they create Juliana Osorio. And then they do it again. They may have done it more than once, but they do it again. And then they create Matthew Osorio. This happens that these two cells become one cell, and wow, three billion miles of DNA over and over and over and over again. Did you create that? Or did someone that brings awe to your life and your heart and your soul whether you know him, whether you've decided I don't believe in him, you still have to be at somewhat in awe of someone who could create just such a miracle. It's an incredible thing. The Bible also says, and we're going to go in a different direction from here. The Bible says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And so the tiniest of things, and yes, as we discover more and more, we're going to find out more. And as we find out more, we're going to find out there's even tinier things happening than we know now. And there's more awe with what God does. But then let's take a look at the other side, which is the vastness and the hugeness of what God has created. I ask you again, did you create the universe? We're going to start with uh, you. You live in Bloomfield, New Jersey, or somewhere near there. 
And uh, this is a picture of your home. Uh, you share this home with six billion people. Six billion people. Now, I don't know what the problems that you have in your life are, but I do know there's six other billion people that probably feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. I guess if we, sh no, I was going to say if we shared that, maybe it wouldn't be so heavy, but that's not how it works, is it? So here you are, one of six billion. Do you see yourself in your home? Well, you don't. Why? Because you live on a planet that is so large, you can barely get it, wrap your head around it. We get in planes and we fly for 12 hours and we get out, but we just have no idea just how huge the world really is. But if we go a little bit further out, we go to our solar system and we find out that our, our sun, uh, which gives us all this energy and warmth and creates all these things that can grow is some 93 million miles away, that our solar system is about 6 billion miles in diameter. It's about 6 billion miles across our solar system. And if you had um, a good uh, telescope, you might be able to see some of these planets, but you can see from here, we're just uh, a few of the planets in our solar system, and we're not really the biggest planet in our solar system. But can you see yourself here? No, you're, you're kind of tiny. You're even smaller than like microscopic. You're really small because the solar system's really big. The sun is this huge ball that seems to be on fire, but it's not. It's hydrogen fusion. No, we're not going to discover what the difference is because I still can't figure that out. The other thing I cannot, I cannot wrap my head around this because I've, I've watched explosions before. And when explosions happen, there's nothing left. How in the world does the sun keep burning? How does a ball of fire keep it's not burning. How does it keep fusioning? How does it keep, how could there be that much hydrogen? Why doesn't it just run out? I don't know. But it's awesome. It's huge. And it's amazing. And it's there every morning. Every morning. You've never woken up in any given day and it was pitch black out. It's there every morning. So let's go a little bit further out. Uh, and I'd like to take a look at the galaxy because this sun, although it seems like it's the largest thing in our sky, is actually just one of who knows how many Stars. We're just going to focus on our galaxy for a little bit. And I'd like you to just enjoy the beauty of our neighborhood. This is our little galaxy that we live in. And we're part of this, and, and this is kind of our neighborhood. And people all over the world get to look up at the sky and go, ah, oh, that's the Milky Way. Now, not people in New Jersey, because we have too many lights all over the place. You don't actually get to see it. Um, I got to go to Peru once, and uh, I was in the desert of Peru. Uh, the desert side of Peru is the driest place on earth. There's places it hasn't rained in 100 years, so the sky is clear, and we were out in the desert, so there were no lights. I'd never experienced this before, and we got out of the car. The guy said, get out of the car. Don't look up. Don't look up. We walked away, and then we looked up, and it's phenomenal. It's like this giant band of light all across 
the sky. It's, it's phenomenal. It's huge. It's amazing. The beauty is over, it just overtakes you of how gorgeous this galaxy is. The last uh, one was taken on a false uh, salt flat where they made it to where they got it to where you had the galaxy over the top, but then it's, it's reflecting off the water uh, on that salt flat on the bottom. It's just grand beauty. Just for a second, think about the people who are in South America or the people who are in Russia or the people who are in the Orient or India or Africa, all over the world, who when they see the galaxy have the same response. Wow, that is something. Well, this little galaxy of ours, uh, as, you, as you can see, there's this, uh, uh, I, you may not be able to read it, I forgot to bring my little red, uh, red thing up here, but we're not actually in the center of the galaxy. And by the way, our galaxy is not in the center of the universe. By the way, you're not in the center of the universe. Do you know that? You're not in the center. You, that's not where you are. You're somewhere on this particular galaxy. It's really the first line out from the center. That's our sun. That's, that's where we are. Now, I'm going to talk about light years next, and I want to give you a little perspective in terms of what light years are. A light year is that if you are traveling at 36,000 miles an hour, that's the fastest one of our uh, space things we've sent out. It's it, one of the, that is traveling through space trying to collect information. It's traveling at about 36,000 miles an hour. The Earth is 24,000 miles around. So if you were traveling 36 miles an hour, you would go one and a half times around the Earth in one hour. Okay? That's how fast. If you were traveling uh, at 36,000 36, thousand miles an hour, it would take you, it would take you 20,000 years to go one light year. If you were traveling that fast, it would take you 20,000 years to go one light year. Our galaxy is 104,000 light years across. It's, it's, you can't grab it. It's huge. It has, this was funny, it has 250 billion stars, give or take 100 billion. Because we can't really figure it out, right? We've guesstimated that that's where it is. So it's 250 billion, give or take 150 million. 150 billion. Like I said before, you're not in the center of the universe. But it's huge, and this is your neighborhood. So let's go to the next neighborhood. Let's go to the next galaxy, which, by the way, you can see with, the, uh, with your natural eye. You can actually see it. And with a telescope, you can see it fairly well. Like, oh, yeah, there it is. It's called Andromeda. And this next map here shows you that where Andromeda is compared to other stars. I just threw this in there for those of you who love stars. Because there's got to be one person in our church that goes, oh, yeah, Cassiopeia. I know where that is. And, and the others... The rest of us just go, oh, wow, that's cool. This is our nearest neighbor, and here's a few facts about Andromeda. The distance to the Earth is 2.5 million light years. It's way out there, but it's the closest one to us. It's way out there. It's 220,000 light years across, about twice the size of our neighborhood, which some of you are like, I'm moving there. I'm going to live in the big neighborhood. It has, they think, somewhere around 
One trillion stars. Are you feeling small yet? Because we started with you back on earth with six billion people. Just how big is the universe? Well, there are about 10 billion galaxies. We talked about two of them. There are about 10 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Isn't that amazing? We have no idea what's beyond that. That's, that's what we can see. The number of stars a galaxy, uh, in a galaxy varies, but assuming an average, an average of 100 billion stars per galaxy, it means there is about a billion trillion stars. A billion trillion of our suns with planets zipping around them. A billion trillion. Now, why would God go to all that effort and all that work to create something that huge? Because the universe was not created for you. The universe was not created for you. Our galaxy wasn't created for you. Our solar system, it wasn't created for you. The earth was not created for you. It was created to, to declare the glory of God. It was created to show how awesome and wonderful and amazing and creative our God is. We started with the little, little, tiny, amazing creation, amazing ability to create, incredible. And we go to the, to the universe where he's created. And the, the, the piece that I want you to grab a hold of first is this. It's not created for you. It's created so you could see it. And when you see it, you can go, oh my goodness. God is unfathomable. He's unfathomable. The Bible. Talks about this, this beauty and. And there's a really cool passage in, in Job where he talks about, and Job is complaining about his life, and he's complaining about what's going on. And if you knew what happened to Job, you'd be like, he had every right to complain. But this was God's answer to, to him. And I'm going to read this and then another passage from Psalms. And while I do, I just want you to enjoy the beauty of the universe. These are pictures that have been taken by the Hubble uh, Space Telescope. These are way out there. Like, Huge, beautiful, amazing things way out there. I want you to see the beauty of God's creation as I read through this. Where were you then when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or what, or what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for, for joy. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. 
At the end, we come to a, a specific galaxy. It doesn't really matter what the name of it is. You wouldn't remember it. Besides that, you have the internet. If you want to know, you can, you can go look it up. But look at the beauty of that thing. It looks like a giant flying saucer. There's a hundred billion stars inside that thing. Like, why is it, why is it designed with such, such detail? Why is it put together like that? To declare the glory of God. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, listen to this, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Why would a God who has that kind of creative ability, why would he think about you, one of six billion on one little planet Earth in the middle of this humongous galaxy, humongous universe. Why would God even consider you? But he does. He knows about you. He knows about these troubles that you carry on your shoulders. He knows about the ones that are real and he knows about the ones you've made up. He knows about the ones that have been caused because of what others have done to you, and he knows about the ones that you've caused because of what you've done to others. He does. And for some unfathomable reason, he chose to love you. And he chose to give his son to show how much he loves you. To be able to say to you, I know your trouble. I know the burden you carry. Why don't you come follow me? My burden is light. Why don't, why don't you let me put the weight of the world on my shoulders and you live under my protection? Why don't you come follow me? I'll take care of the world and I'll take care of you. You just follow me. You just come with me. In Corinthians it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you've decided to do this, if you've decided that Christ is the one that you're going to let carry your burdens and you're going to follow him and you're going to live underneath him, if, that, if, that, if that's who you are, then the old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words... Christ is still creating. You know where? Inside of you. He created this massive universe, which proves, wow, can he create. He created DNA so tiny and so small that he could put it in one cell and then it could populate and turn into you. He's still creating. And his goal is to make you just like him. But you don't do that by carrying the weight of the world. You do that by giving the weight of the world to him. 
Now, this is not a feeling thing. This is not like, oh, I'm not going to worry about anything. No, 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 no. This is a following thing. Okay, God, I'm going to give you the way to the world, and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stay underneath your protection. I'm going to do what you asked me to do when you asked me to do it, the way you asked me to do it. But I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because, Jesus, that's your responsibility. I don't even have to worry about where I'm going to end up. How come? Because, Jesus, that's your responsibility. All I have to do is to follow you. How's your family? Is it your responsibility or Christ's responsibility? Who's holding it up? Who's in charge? How about your hurts and your hangups and your habits? Have you taken responsibility for that and you're going to fix that? And the weight has gotten heavy. Or have you given that to Christ and said, wherever, whenever, however, Jesus, I'm going your way. Your career, how about your money? Money creates so much pressure in our lives. And we hear Jesus say, listen, just take these simple steps. I'd rather carry the weight of the world. I'd rather be under this pressure than trust you. Purpose and joy and peace. As we look at this last slide, after this verse, Lord, our Lord, how majestic, how majestic, how awesome, how glorified, how wonderful is your name in all the earth. This is just one galaxy he created among billions. And yet... Even though he can create that, yet he gave his entire life, he gave his son's life so that you could be made brand new. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you're amazing. You're wonderful. There's no way. You're unfathomable. There's no way I could ever use a word that would describe who you are. But this morning, I want to declare, we want to declare together, you are the creator of everything. Jesus, I give you my heart to create a new me. Every day I want to take it off my shoulders, put it on yours. In your name we pray. Amen.